Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 19. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, yo, I am pumped to be here, Big Bet Brent. Oh, my God. You sound like you are like literally in my head right now. What oh, the- I am. Oh, I am. <laughs> oh, man. What changed, man? What's going on over there? Just, uh, just holiday excitement, you know? There's no other way to there's no other way to put it, man. Just, just the, the holiday excitement has, has got me cozied up to my mic. That's what I'm talking about. And with that, there's also NFL excitement to come along with that holiday excitement, and they they merge together perfectly. We've got so many NFL action is spread across every pretty much every. There's more days with football, including Christmas Day, just like there was on Thanksgiving Day, than there are days without football. So that is something to be thankful for. Oh, I just want to be clear that when I say holiday excitement, I am talking about football. What's that? New family? Holiday cheer? No, I am explicitly talking about football. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we're coming at you from the Underdog Podcast Network. We are here today. We're going to start it off. We're going to split it into two sections, two pods, just like last week. We're We're about to get right into it. NFL Week 15 recap. Mad Money Mike, let's get right into it with Thursday Night Football. The Chiefs in Los Angeles taking on the Chargers, get it done in overtime. Now, crazy enough, the walk-off touchdown allowed the Chiefs to cover. I was checking on BovadaSportsbook.com. This line closed with the Chiefs minus four, goes to overtime. Travis Kelsey with a walk-off touchdown. They say he's old and he can't shake tackles, but you watch that highlight. He's still got it going on. Chiefs take it away, 34-28. to in overtime, Thursday night football, take a two-game lead in the AFC. Mad Money Mike, this game had a macabre start when the Chargers on fourth and goal went for it in a, a just a brutal, a, a horrendous injury to Donald Parham Jr., hitting the turf hard, getting out with a concussion, had to get carted off the field. It really just put a somber you know, a, a, a somber mood over pretty much the entire first half. The fireworks really didn't get started until the fourth quarter. And then, like I said, you know, the, the Chiefs tie it up, come back from behind a little bit, take it to overtime. Kelsey ends it with 10 receptions for 191 yards and two touchdowns. Mahomes looked like his old self. The Chiefs get it done. Man, 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 a lot of, lot of, you know, almost, almost two sides to this football game. What were your thoughts on it? Luckily, we've got some good news about uh, Mr. Parham. Um, he's recovering fine, was discharged from the hospital. But, I mean, the Chiefs are back. You take a look, they're back atop the AFC. It almost like, you know, with new times, we're back to the old times. What were your thoughts on this game and just thoughts in general about how the Chiefs have been doing seven-game win streak? Yeah, well, certainly we know the Chiefs on this win streak it has been uh, accentuated by their defense. And we've talked a lot about Chris Jones and what he brings to the defensive line and their ability to get after quarterbacks and, and really – define the game you know in the trenches 
to to go along with their offense finding its wheels. And I had texted you before this game. I said, oh, no, Chris Jones is out due to COVID. And sure enough, what happened, the Chargers go on to put up 28 points and take it to overtime. So I do think that there is a lot to be said for the fragility of the Chiefs defense and how important it is for them to have all of their playmakers. Uh, and, and when a piece is missing, it you know it seems to put – a big wrinkle in their game plan. And, and that He's definitely happened. Piece. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. So everyone needs to stay healthy. Everyone needs to be playing at the, at a high level. And if that's the case, I think the sky's the limit for them. You know, I look to see them in the Super Bowl if they can keep everybody healthy and playing at the same time without some of those key pieces, it could get dicey. And we saw that with the chargers, you know, a struggling chargers team. I don't know if struggling is exactly the right word, but they certainly have struggled uh, mm-hmm. taking them to overtime and you know I think that if they think if they win the coin toss in overtime it's certainly possible that the Chargers end up winning this game um it's uh it's it's gonna be fascinating to see what the Chargers do in the postseason you know um, but two good teams and an absolutely epic start to the week on Thursday night football and uh tip of the cap to everyone who took the Chiefs to cover uh, because if I remember correctly, a field goal is only worth three points. That would have been a tough <laughs> pill to swallow if they had won in overtime by only a field goal. So uh, the touchdown was awesome to see uh, because I uh, was certainly one of the people who took the Chiefs. Yeah, and I did want to ask you, Mad Money Mike, so we, I know both of us are big fans of Riverboat Ron, right? He loves to gamble. And on the Chargers, their head coach, Brandon Staley, I feel like, he went to the school of Riverboat Ron. They were two for five on fourth down conversions and two times were deep in the red zone and neither of them panned out. So of course now all of the, uh, all the haters of, you know, the so-called analytics uh, camp, which, which advised to, to go and be aggressive. Um, you know, they're out in full force right now. I'm kind of curious what your perspective is or, or if you're still in line with, Hey, you got to go, you know, no risk and no biscuit type deal. Well, you have to know your situation. You're you're going up against the Chiefs, and you know that you've got a pretty solid defense. You, you need to put points on the board. That to come right out of the gate and do it right away when you have an opportunity to take the lead. Let's take the opening lead because this is a Chiefs team that's going to score. Otherwise, they're going to take the opening lead. It's a it's a statement. All your players look up and they see we're winning. We got the first score. We came out and got it. That's just just from a momentum perspective, just from the mental game aspect, you've got to put those points on the board. You just can't risk it. You, you'll have opportunities to go for it on fourth down later in the game. But to come right out and, uh, and to miss those points right out of the gate, I think that was a mistake, you know, because there's a lot of things that go beyond analytics. And I think that this is one of them. And then in terms of going forward on fourth down uh, later in the game like they did, it certainly came back to bite them. Um, it, it is a different – it is a little bit of a different uh, story because they had held the Chiefs to only 13 points through three quarters. So, you know, I could – you know, I could see it later in the game. Uh, but for the first one to come right out, the opening drive, I think that was a mistake. All righty. Well, like I said, Chiefs take it away in overtime, taking care of the Chargers in Los Angeles. With that, which was Thursday Night Football, let's head to a Saturday night game, the Patriots in Indianapolis. <laughs> So this game ended with the Pats putting up 17 
and the Colts putting up 27, winning by 10. But this was pretty close. You know, it was 17 to 20 there in the fourth quarter. But if you go back and start at the beginning, the Patriots looked awful. This was the first time that they got shut out in an entire half in 99 games. Mad Money Mike, that's one away from triple digits. Like we've already taken our socks and shoes off socks and shoes off to count that high. The Patriots were uncharacteristically undisciplined. They had a blocked punt. This I don't know if you saw this play, but the punter hung on to the ball like it was a souvenir or he had just like got some sort of Christmas card and he had to take time to open it. That was ridiculous how long he held on to that ball. So that was uncharacteristic. They had uh, a false start on a or they were offsides on a Colts field goal attempt which missed and then with 5 yards you know closer the the Colts field goal kicker he makes it they were also on offense and the Colts D line shifted in unison and that caused the Pats to jump offsides and then they had holding and false start calls in the second half which did everything but you know stop a scoring drive. So, Mad Money Mike, this was a uh, very uncharacteristic of the Patriots, and I want to give you some credit because you took fifty bones from me, and you took the Colts minus two and a half, and it turns out they ended up winning by ten. So, um, I feel like you kind of saw this narrative playing out. So, you know, props to you, and also curious anything that uh, any insights you had to that game, or or clearly you're high on the Colts. Um, what do you think this does to the Pats? Curious your thoughts here. I don't think it does anything to the Pats. I think, you know, when you have a coach like Bill Belichick and you have the talent that they do on defense, um, you're not going to let stuff like this, you know, get you down or, or really get to you. You're going to take it for what it is. Rookie quarterback going on the road after a bye week against a very good Colts team, uh, spotlight game, and uh, and feeling the pressure. And I think that's all it is. And they'll be able to bounce back. It's no problem. This, this Patriots team has a lot of talent. Uh, I did see it coming. The Mad Money Mike Lock of the Week. The streak has begun. Let's go. <laughs> the good streak has begun. You snapped well, the yeah, streak. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The one streak has ended. Another streak has begun. Uh, yeah, I did see this coming. Uh, what's fascinating to me is uh, the Colts allowing them to put up seventeen in the fourth quarter. Now, obviously, you go into the game with a twenty to nothing lead. You go into that classic fourth quarter prevent defense. It you, you see it time and time again. And, and what do I know? I don't know anything about coaching, but you know that that don't let anything come over the top. Keep it all in front of you. You know, bend don't break. Prevent defense. And look what happens. The Patriots come back. Uh, you know, take it twenty seventeen, and the Colts have like just over two minutes to try and close out the game. They of course did close out the game, but what if they had had to have punted it? You know, so I, I hate. I just hate it. I, I hate it. I hate I hate to see it. I think when you're up 20 nothing, it's a perfect time to play the game like it's 0-0 and you're trying to you know, you're trying to put it away. But again, what do I know about coaching? All I know is that the Patriots have a lot of momentum to build off of in that fourth quarter and the Colts may have a couple question marks looming over their head, but you know, that's just a little bit of a little bit of podcast banter there. I think realistically the the Colts are a super strong team. They know what kind of win they just picked up. And I think they're going to be a force in the postseason. No, Madam Mike, I think you're on to something with what you said about some some chinks in the armor of the Colts. I almost feel like the Colts stole the game script from when the Patriots played the Bills. If you look at Carson Wentz's stats, he went five for twelve for fifty-seven yards, one touchdown, and one pick. Jonathan Taylor 
rolled over the Patriots defense. He went for 170 yards and one touchdown. And we had spoken a couple of weeks ago that you do need a quarterback in the playoffs. You know, of course, a good run game and a good defense and good coaching are like one, two, and three, but you still need a quarterback for when you're behind. And so with Carson Wentz just being so impotent, I mean, like, are you concerned and what's your level of concern with the Colts when it gets to if they ever get behind in a game? Yeah, there is concern. There is concern to be had for sure. But I, you know, it's, it's hard to say because it was their game plan. You know, this was their game plan. I think that Carson Wentz has enough talent that he can throw the ball when needed. And they've got, you know, good enough receivers that they can throw the ball when needed, especially because they have Jonathan Taylor. Like, no matter what, defenses are going to have to play the run. There -hmm. will not be a single defense that can decide not to play the run against the Colts. They will expose you quickly that offensive line doesn't have a single starter under 300 pounds and Jonathan Taylor we know what he's doing so they will expose you quickly if you try to back off and play only the pass they've got to play the run and though Carson Wentz has then got the talent to throw it over the top of those linebackers at will while they're doing that so I think that kind of two-headed monster is going to allow them you know to have that success and the reason why I don't have any concerns I think this was just strictly a game plan, you know, that they had and that they executed. As far as what happened in the fourth quarter, like I said, I think that is just a result of you having shut out the team and thinking to yourself, we can play prevent defense. There's no way they're going to be able to put up 20 points in one quarter. And, I mean, technically they were right. They only put up 17. But, again, all game plan and not necessarily chinks in the armor is the way I see this. Gotcha. I, to be honest with Carson Wentz, I'm, I'm not as on board as you are. Um, but, but I think your, you know, your stance is, is is completely valid. Um, we're about to talk about a game next with the Titans who, who keep turning the ball over. And I just want to say that Carson Wentz has a history of turning the ball over and, uh, I need to see a couple more weeks, you know, not necessarily like, uh, you know, throwing completions, throwing dimes, you know, moving the ball down the field, but it's the turnovers that scare me. Uh, one closing thought, you know, Bill Belichick, I, in my mind, was a questionable decision. They were down 17 to 20 with about two minutes and 30, le- 30 seconds left with one timeout. They have a, a choice. Do they do an onsides kick or do they do a regular kick? They do some crazy like halfway's pooch kick to like t- the 10 yard line. Um, in my mind that uh, I don't know what the analytics say, but I would have done an onsides kick there. Um, I don't like the decision. Um, but with that, let's move to the Sunday slate, starting with the Titans and the Steelers. So the Titans head into Pittsburgh, um, try to, to have a last second comeback win, but they can't get it done. Titans 13, Steelers 17. And I just mentioned it in the last game recap. The Titans had four turnovers and they cannot get out of their own way. This is their third loss out of four games where they only beat the Jaguars in that stretch. Um, they continue to outperform the opponent's offense. Yet, like I mentioned, the, the turnovers are killing them. They had four turnovers. The Steelers had none. They outgained the Steelers 318 yards to 168 yards, 22 first downs to 12 first downs. They were up 13 to three at half. Um, Mad Money Mike, I'm concerned about this Titans team and with the Colts, you know, making up ground 
I, I don't think the Titans are long for the playoffs. If I do think they're going to end up getting there. We talked about this last week, but uh, not impressed with the Titans. I think that uh, even if they, they need Derrick Henry back so bad, um, they are dealing with some injuries. You know, A.J. Brown may come back from injured reserve this week. Julio Jones went out early in that game. But nevertheless, if you can't hold on to the, if you can't hold on to the pigskin, you're not going to hold on to first place in your division. Um, what were your thoughts on this game, Ed Money Mike? Well, we talked about it in our pick five last week, and I said that Julio Jones was going to make a difference. I took the Titans because with Julio Jones coming back, I think they game planned around him. And when all of a sudden you only get one target to him and then he goes out with an injury, you're kind of left. I mean, you you don't have Derrick Henry. You know, you have to create your offensive game plan around your wide receivers, and that has to be around Julio Jones. All of a sudden, Julio Jones goes out of the game and you're left with some other game plan you didn't come up with that you have to come up with on the fly, and the Steelers have a good enough secondary that they're going to put you in a bad spot. Without having to double Julio Jones – you know, they can they can now all of a sudden the Steelers can unleash all their blitz packages and, and do whatever they want. And I think that's what happened here. But, you know, I have a history of not being too high on the Titans. And I agree they are going to struggle mightily in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if you maybe have any inside information on uh, Derrick Henry and when he may be returning. But but without him and. You know, without Julio Jones, obviously, A.J. Brown, there's there's a lot of question marks. It's, it is a team that plays hot and cold, and I think that they get caught when they are all of a sudden without their playmakers. So, you know, it's going to depend on who they've got in the lineup on any given day as to what we see, and I wouldn't bet on them. What's crazy is that we just rattled off like all of their stars that are injured on IR or getting to IR or maybe coming back from IR. But like I mentioned, their offense has been performing. They have been outperforming their opponents. They just can't hold on to the ball. So it's crazy to me that that's their issue given their circumstances. And I completely agree with you that um, they need to do something. Derrick Henry, I, I hadn't checked in a week or so, but you know, clearly he's out for the rest of the season. And, and when exactly in the playoffs he gets back, I'm not too sure. Um, you did mention the Steelers' defense. We do need to give them some credit. They had four sacks. T.J. Watt had one and a half of those. He leads the league right now with 17 and a half sacks. Um, we also need to give some credit to Chris Boswell. He had four field goals, which uh, were the lion's share of the points from the Steelers. And somehow the Steelers keep getting ugly wins. Med Money Mike, I think I mentioned this last week, their strength of schedule for these last three games, they're not getting any easier. So the Steelers, you know, in my mind, the odds are still stacked against them. They're still on the outside looking in uh, for the playoff picture. But, hey, if they can keep getting it done, um, I don't know how. But, uh, you know, they, they might uh, slip into the postseason. I agree. I agree. Certainly won't bet on them when they do, but I agree they can slip in. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you with that, let's head to the upset of the week. The Cardinals in Detroit getting upset by the Lions. Cardinals putting up 12 points. Lions putting up 30. <laughs> Mad Money Mike, this was the Cardinals' first road loss of the season. They started 7-0. and They've been 3-4 and since. I want to I wanna ask you, what is your level of concern that you have for the Cardinals right now, given the fact that they got held to 12 points by the Detroit Lions. They held uh, Kyler Murray to three rushing yards. They went 0 for 4 in the red zone, 1 and 3 on fourth down. Mad Money Mike, DeAndre Hopkins is on IR. 
like I said, you know, what's your level of concern here? Do you think they're going to bounce back? They do have a tough matchup, which we're going to talk about on the next pod in week 16. L- let me hear your take. Turtle alert. Turtle alert. You talking about the Cardinals or the Lions? Cue, cue the toilet flush. I mean, come on. Come on. Are you kidding me? The Cardinals come out and they drop an L to the Rams in a game that they should have won at home against Matt Stafford, against lowly Matt Stafford at home in front of the crowd. You drop a loss to the Rams. If that doesn't fire you up, nothing will. To go on the road and lose in this fashion against the Lions, oh boy, oh boy, that spells trouble, my man. That spells trouble. Now you're looking over your shoulder. Your confidence is down. Team morale is down. It uh, It's not going to bode well in the playoffs, and it's certainly not going to bode well for the rest of their schedule, which is tough. Now, I think, obviously, they have um, – They've got the playoffs locked up, I believe, at, at ten wins. I think it would be, I think it would be hard for them to miss, you know, at least a wild card spot, depending on what happens in the NFC West. Uh, so they get into the playoffs, but this is big. This is big, you know, to see the impact uh, that Hopkins has, uh, you know, being out of the lineup, and, and to see Kyler Murray's inability to get it done. Probably defenses have been watching a lot of film. You know, they they've developed schemes around him, and now all of a sudden you're you're in a trough at the end of the season when you should instead be peaking. Bad news for the Cardinals, man. I will not be caught betting for them. That's for sure. Wow, I like the point you made around the Cardinals' defense. You mentioned when they played the Rams, allowing Matt Stafford to go off, and this week allowing Jared Goff to go off. He went 21 of 26 for 216 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. His QBR was 93.9, which is, I mentioned a little bit about this last week. It's a 0 to 100 scale normalized around an average of 50, and season averages are are around 40 to 65. 93.9 out of about 250 total QB starts this season ranks tied for sixth. So the fact that you're letting Jared Goff get the sixth best quarterback performance out of all quarterbacks all year is pretty telling, Mad Money Mike. So I like that point that you made. I tell you what, speaking of another excellent quarterback battle that we may not have expected, let's head to the Green Bay Packers holding on in Baltimore versus the Ravens. So the Ravens are also falling victim to the uh, Riverboat Ron lifestyle, kind of like Brandon Staley we talked about earlier with the Chargers. But this is like the second out of three weeks that they, quote unquote, tied it up with a touchdown late in the fourth and made the decision to go for two. And once again, they miss. And I just want to say that I hate that play call, Mad Money Mike, where you know Tyler Huntley takes a snap immediately rolls out to his right and I forget if it's the tight end or the wide receiver does that two yard out route the defenses know this play is coming and they stop it every time so dear Jim Harbaugh please like control I guess not control I'll delete but please like control f to find that play and delete it from your playbook because it costs you a win there now man my mic we we texted a little bit about this talked a little bit about in the green room I want to get your take on they're them, the Ravens, going for two there, 
granted the context, right? And you made some good points. I'm going to tee you up around, you know, the, the Ravens, even with a backup Tyler Huntley, looking pretty good there in the second half. The counterpoint being you're up against Aaron Rodgers, you know, potential MVP candidate. So why don't you detail that out a little bit more? Because I really appreciate your uh, your thoughts on that one. Well, first of all, turtle alert. Uh, yes, come on, man. That's right on Harbaugh. Right, like that is massive turd in the old coach's pants. Like, what are you doing? What are you, you doing? Kick, you kick it. What are you doing? Of course, you kick it. Have you seen? Have you seen what? Have you seen what your offense just did the last two drives? Like they, there was nothing. There was nothing the Packers could do to stop them. So if you want to talk about analytics, give me a little analytics on this. <clears throat> what is the percent of a coin flip? You know, because 50, if you 50, win, if you win that it coin lands flip, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. If you win that coin flip, you win the game. So there's no way that you're telling me that the two-point conversion is better than 50-50. It's got to be the same or worse. And, and you've and you've also lost a game this exact way just very recently. You've now lost a game the exact same way twice out of the last three weeks. That is inexcusable in the NFL. That's a try it once thing and don't try it again. Uh, you just brought up a great point that they're running the same play in all of their, in all of their like go-to situations. They're running the same play. Do you think that the other teams are just like not aware that this is the play you're going to run? Of course, this is what they're looking for. You're going to Mark Andrews, like your number one guy and like the defense is going to be ready for that. That's absurd. It, it, the context of the situation is that your offense was running at will, a finely tuned machine like a slice of butter sliding down a warm stack of flapjacks, man. Unstoppable. You kick and you go to the coin toss. End of story. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Turtle alert on Jim Harbaugh all day, man. Just Mad Money Mike, you, what you are saying is you have so much faith and credit in the Ravens' offense. So instead of putting your faith and credit in that Ravens offense and going for two, putting the ball in the Ravens offense's hands. Instead, you want to take it to chance and take it to a coin flip, which is random. I don't understand that. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's just a gut. It's a gut feel. You know, it's a gut feel. Coach, uh, Coach Mad Money Mike's on the field, and and that's what I go with, man. There's just, there's no way to. There's no way to. I just want to know, Mad Money Mike. Heart to heart, you know, we'll we'll turn off the microphones in the moment. You're not being results oriented right now. In the moment, you were saying kick the field goal. 100%. You kick the field goal. You let your team take a breather. You let them know that you have faith in them. I feel like it sends, you know, this interesting. We always get into this message about it's, it's, it sends your team faith that you can always like get it on one play. But what about like, the message that like we've got to get it on this one play because I don't trust you in overtime. You know, mm -hmm. what about that message? Cause to me, that's what message it sends. It sends a message of if we don't get it in this one play, we're dead. And I think that's <laughs> a problem. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Um, well, I didn't shut off any of the microphones, so this is all on a hot mic, but I do appreciate that view. I, I, I to be honest, I'm not going to hang Jim Harbaugh for going for it. I appreciate the consistency in, Hey, it didn't work last time. Losing, you appreciate the consistency in losing. 
look, Mad Money Mike, if you're going to be results oriented, then you know the Vegas trip we're heading to in the next couple of weeks may not bode well for you. You may lose your sanity. But uh, before we move on to the next game, I do want to give Aaron Rodgers some credit. He went for 268 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He tied Brett Favre for 442 career passing touchdowns. And I don't have the stat in front of me, but he has like Aaron Rodgers has like 98 picks to get those 442 career touchdowns. Brett Favre had like 250 picks. So um, congrats to Aaron Rodgers for essentially being a surgeon. And we're going to talk a little bit more um, in the next segment around NFL MVP odds. But Aaron Rodgers has significantly closed the gap. Oh, the Packers yeah. have also clinched the NFC North. So congratulations to the Packers. Tip the cap. The, yeah, tip of the cap. I don't have a soundbite for that, but I don't even know what that would be. But we need to find one, Mad Money Mike. Uh, but yeah, the Packers being the first team to clinch a division. Meanwhile, the Ravens, the, the AFC North is so tightly packed. The, the Ravens went from being division winners to being last or second to last and being out of the playoffs by uh, this is their third straight loss. Um, it does look like Lamar Jackson will be returning uh, from his injury, but he hasn't looked too good from even back when before uh, when he was injured. So we'll need to stay closely tuned in to the Ravens uh, down the stretch here. So Mad Money Mike, with that, let's go to our closing game recap, Sunday Night Football. Now, this one was a shocker. We talked a little bit about this on the last pod around taking the Saints on the money line if the odds were good enough. We definitely took the 11 points, which is what it closed on Bovada. The Saints in Tampa Bay shutting out Tom Brady. For the first time in 15 years, that's 255 games. They get it done nine to nothing. No touchdowns awarded. Sunday night football, the Buccaneers do not seal the NFC South. They've got more chances to do so. But Men Money Mike, Sean Payton was out. The acting uh the acting head coach was Dennis Allen for the Saints, who was their defensive coordinator. And boy, did the defense show up and did they really throw a wrench into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game plan? What were your thoughts on this, and what does this say about the Buccaneers moving forward? They just got exposed. Oh, man. I'm not even going to say it. Big Bet Brent, you know what to do. Cue the sound. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine also. I was. Uh, I, I thought you were going to hit me with the toilet flush. <laughs> this, uh. is, this is the mega, like, five alarm, just... Full on, this is the turd alert of the year right here. I mean, this is so bad. This is so bad. First and foremost, credit to yours truly and yours truly, Big Bet Brent, Mad Money Mike. We both took the Saints plus 11 in last week's pick five. Uh, so another another win to stack in the column for us. And we did so by mentioning the Saints defense and the game plan that they would have for the Bucks. They came out with a game plan and they executed it. Now, I will say... Obviously, Godwin going out for the year is just devastating. You never want to see anybody go out for the year with an ACL tear. Uh, but when it's the team's best receiver, that's just so extra brutal. It just doesn't even feel fair. It just doesn't even seem right. Of course, both Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette also go out, both of them with hamstring injuries. Apparently, uh, Evans is going to be okay. May even see him back next week. Fournette is probably going to miss some time, uh, but will be back for the playoffs. So good news there. But in terms of this game, to lose your top three playmakers, 
Godwin, Evans, Fournette, all out. It was like, at that point, don't you just sit everybody else? Like, just go ahead and hang it up. Just like ride the pine and let the uh, let the old uh, you know let the second let, let the second team get in there. Like you're there's nothing they can do. And man, did you see it on Tom Brady's face? Man, that was the case. He was just a just a deflated. He was like a, he was like a. Uh, you know, it was like one of those giant blow up uh, things in the parade that like accidentally got punctured, you know, just like Urban Meyer. It, oh, it, it was so Urban Meyer, dude, just like glossy, glossy dead fish eyes out there. It was so Although, bad. I, actually, I was going to say, did you see Tom Brady throw that like Microsoft Surface? That was he like broke and he threw and crushed and broke a Microsoft Surface little tablet thing. So he he has he had he definitely had some energy. Yeah, Microsoft's uh, stock plunged like 6% after that, I heard. Nah. <laughs> nah, no. What are these things? These things can't even stand up to Tom Brady's uh, tantrums. Yeah, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. It doesn't bode well for him in the future, but uh, they do get Antonio Brown back uh, starting on Monday. That'll be huge. Any uh, fantasy team owners that stashed away Brown for a rainy day, uh, you're about to be in for a windfall because with you know, with Godwin being out and with Evans possibly being out, uh, Brown's going to see a lot of targets. So that helps them out a little bit, but they have a tough, uh, they've got a tough schedule coming up against uh, the Panthers twice in the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, what? <laughs> tough schedule versus the Panthers twice in the Jets? That's a cakewalk. That's that's perfect. That's that's exactly what you need to, to get your players back healthy. They may want to sit Tom Brady just to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, yep. speaking a little bit, you know, just just giving the Saints a little bit of praise uh, in that defense, uh, you know, led by Dennis Allen. They sacked Tom Brady four times. They forced a fumble and they intercepted him once. So, you know, the the goat doing that to the goat, you know, definitely deserves it. Old the old tip of the cap. Um, I also do want to say, you know, the Saints are still on the outside looking in, but in that playoff hunt. But Taysom Hill did not look good. He he's not accurate and he he doesn't have a pocket presence. He's either Stand in the pocket like a statue, or escape and run. He doesn't have the mobility to move around in the pocket while still surveying the field. And when you combine that with with his inaccurate passes, it's not going to go well. And now clearly their defense was a superior force to be reckoned with. But when you have no offense, it's not sustainable. You're not going to win games nine nothing with any sort yeah. of consistency. So they may yeah, they may be on the outside looking in. The only problem is what they're looking in through is bulletproof glass. Like <laughs> you're not you're not you're not breaking that barrier. Like dude, he is hot garbage, man. Like he is bad. He's not good. There's just really no other way to say it. He is just simply not good, man. They're they're going nowhere. This was a a game that featured no touchdowns for a reason because there were none scored on the Saint side of the ball either. It was uh or did they score a touchdown and miss the extra point? Is that what happened? I can't remember. The point is they finished the game with no it, touchdown with, awarded. Yeah, with nine points. No so, touchdown awarded. Yeah, no offense from the Saints. And I mean, the 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 Taysom Hill situation is bad. Didn't they pay him like a boatload of money? Like cue yeah. the uh, cue the sound effect of the dump truck backing up. Beep beep because they brought in a truckload of money for this guy, and they have got to be scratching their heads like, whoops. <laughs> Uh, well, that is going to wrap up our week 15 recap. Mad Money Mike, I want to talk MVP odds. And I'm looking here on Bovada. Aaron Rodgers 
is the new favorite to win MVP. He surpassed Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is plus 125. Tom Brady is plus 175. Matt Stafford and Patrick Mahomes are both plus 1,000. And Jonathan Taylor, a running back, is also at plus 1,000. So like I mentioned, these are coming off of Bovada. Mad Money Mike, I want to give us a pat on the back. We called Aaron Rodgers back when he was 6-1. to one, And yep. right now it's looking like a, a sprinkle well sprinkled. Yeah, if we... We implored our listeners to sprinkle at six to one. Hopefully, they listened. If they didn't at that time, it is not too late. Sprinkle again and then sprinkle some more. Like, this is basically a lock. I'm telling you right now if you like money, put it on Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP. It's as close to a lock as Zach Wilson's underpassing yards as you're going to get. It. It's just, it's written in the stars, man. There's no way. Watch the guy play and look at what everyone else is doing. Tom Brady just wrapped up his his run at it. He's done so. You know, Jonathan Taylor, interesting enough, could possibly be worth a sprinkle. But, uh, you know, the running back getting it is, uh, you know, it's dicey. It doesn't happen too often, and it really requires him to to have a, a strong finish of the year. You, you really can't have any, you know, can't take any games off kind of thing. Uh, maybe worth a sprinkle, but, man, I'm telling you, the Aaron Rodgers bet looks like a lock. I almost feel like that train left the station with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you guys didn't catch him back when he was six to one, I mean, what else we got to do, Mad Money Mike? I mean, that, that's, I don't know. That's I don't know. Pretty much, we're gonna, have to, yeah. we're gonna have to kneecap somebody. They're just not listening to us. Yeah. So, so dear loyal listeners, for those of you that did not take Aaron Rodgers six to one, just email us. It's lockpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your address, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll send over a, a, a hitman of some sort to. <laughs> to take out those kneecaps but no, no i tell you what let's i don't blame you for not listening to us i guess is what i'll say around that oh excellent all right i'll tell you what why don't we close out season two episode number 19 with a loyal listener email this one comes from djen joe he asks is it considered a weak move to cash out a bet either to secure a modest win or salvage some of the wager med money mike given how Oregon lottery swindlers allows the cash out option. Meanwhile, here in Louisiana, we don't allow any mobile betting. Shout out to Louisiana legislature. You suck. I'm going to let you answer this one. Well, yeah. And this is why I like using Bovada so much. The option to cash out is absolutely not a punk move in any way. We are here for one reason and one reason only loyal listeners. And that is to make money in Included in making money is not losing money. We trust our instincts. We trust our knowledge of the game. And when we see something and our gut tells us we need to act on it and you have the option to cash out, whether it's for a small gain or a small loss, because you don't want to lose your entire bet, you do what you have to do. If it ends up that you take a small gain or a small loss and the bet goes on to win, then you file it away as a learning lesson for later. If you take a small win and the bet goes on to lose, then you you just made a lot of money. So never, never a bad move. Always go with your gut. Don't ever even worry about any kind of stigma about what the move seems like. Don't ever worry about that. Just always remember you're here to make money and included in that is not lose money. And the, the option to cash out a bet before it's complete is a great option always. It's like walking away from the table, Big Bet Brent. When I see you in blackjack and you got your stacks building up and you just know, you know that those blackjacks are coming and I'm pulling on your sleeve. I'm like, walk away, walk away. Same thing, man. You got to walk away. 
love it. It's an art and it's easier said than done, but well said, Mad Money Mike. All right, I'll tell you what, that is going to be a good break point. We're going to call it here for season two, episode number 19. Come back after this break and come back with season two, episode number 20. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.